Welcome to a brand new episode of the Bold Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. With me as always is Austin Waiter. What's up? And we're back talking college football. Boy, oh boy. A really exciting weekend that threw a wrench in the plans of the college football playoff committee. You know, just, a tad, sure. just a tad bit. You know, um, nothing crazy happened. Yeah, uh, some people <laughs> maybe can get a little bit more comfy. And some teams that thought maybe they were going to have a smooth ride to the finish line. Uh, talking about you, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> the test gets a little bit tougher. Absolutely still in the conversation and right now still in that big te- uh, big 12 playoff or uh, championship game but uh, a, a lot to uh, go over there um, but we've got the NFL episode that's also going to be coming out and finally that NBA episode it's coming yeah. we're going to be talking about the big news and I bet you're glad we waited James Harden trades done yeah. we're going to get to talking about some of those big moves but right here right Did now I just say you nailed it perfectly waiting till that trade happened yeah I think that was uh, probably the smartest and smoothest move you've ever made if yeah I it somehow just worked out perfectly I can't say that that was the plan <laughs> but I was certainly hoping that it would fall into this little timeline hey, hey and, it worked out what can you say and it has done that much so that that is uh been pretty perfect for us but let's get into college football and talk about some of these results from this past week uh and we'll start with the Notre Dame fighting Irish getting that 58 to 7 win over Pitt and uh while this really wasn't uh an unexpected result to this game Pitt did have that stunner earlier this year against Louisville right after they beat Notre Dame um they have certainly proven that they're a team that can play spoiler uh, if you come in and be a little too nonchalant in this game. So good to see the Irish staying on track, not underplaying, and coming out and getting that big-time big, uh, big time defeat uh, of Pitt um, and kind of keep themselves on track if they want any hope of a big bowl game or, you know, still potential with two losses to maybe sneak into the college football playoff takes a lot of miracles, though. Yeah, it does take a lot of miracles, I think, but it's good to keep on track. You still have two, obviously, very good losses. Yeah. Lost to what many people thought was one of the top teams in the country, Ohio State, and a Louisville team that is still highly ranked. So, yeah, you still, even though you have the two losses, you're still in a good spot to play in a bowl game. You don't have a lot of difficult games left on your schedule. You do have Clemson coming up this weekend. But, yeah, you're in a good spot if you're Notre Dame. Honestly, with that stretch of schedule, I would gladly take a 7-2 and record. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it could have been a lot worse. Um then we talk about Penn State a little bit here. Coming off that loss to Ohio State last week, um, uh, me and you both talked about it, and really the whole media's been talking about it. Uh, the passing offense just wasn't there for Penn State when they needed it. Um, and we certainly saw a close game against Indiana. Um, they were nearly able to take advantage of a Penn State team coming off a bad stretch. But we saw Penn State open up the uh, pass game a little bit, and it certainly looked like uh, Drew Allar looks more comfortable, and that's really what it's going to take for this team. Giving him more opportunities to throw the ball It's certainly going to lead to more experience and more comfort in this offense. Yeah, um, I think for about three quarters, I was like, okay, Penn State, you know, you you can show up now. Yeah. Any any day now, it'll work. Um, but no, they managed – Indiana kept it close, but you're right. They absolutely started going down the field on that final drive, and look what happened. You're able to get a deep pass. Your defense gets a safety, and that really seals the deal in the win for them. So it's good. It keeps Penn State on track. They are still far from out of it in the playoff conversation because they still have the big game against Michigan and depending on what happened with Michigan and Ohio State, several other factors there as well. So yeah, they're staying, much like Notre Dame, they're staying on track for where they want to be. And I mean, we're entering the month of November. This is the month that causes probably the most chaos during the college football season out of any. Yeah, uh, you know, people start to look ahead a little too much and teams, the smaller teams, the teams with the worst records, they 
have something to prove. They want to come yep. out and show what they're capable of and uh, play spoiler. And so absolutely tons of pandemonium here as we start to get down to that end stretch in this college football season, especially after this first college football playoff rankings came out. Absolutely. Um, then we talk about the big stunner in the in the morning. I mean, I was in disbelief <laughs> the way this game went down. Uh, certainly glad I got to stick around and watch the finish. But number six, Oklahoma falls to unranked but solid six and two Kansas, yes. uh, thirty eight to thirty three, and this was a classic case of Oklahoma uh, underplaying their opponent. They uh, sunk to their opponent's level here and uh, just struggled the whole game. Shout out to Kansas really for fighting as hard as they could and being really in this game um, because, I, I mean, I, I, I counted them out. I'll, I'll be the first to say I, I didn't give Kansas a shot in this game, but to come out and play the way they did and even down the stretch when Oklahoma would get up and, you know, you think, oh, that's it. Kansas storms right back. They get the job done at the end of the game and an absolute stunner in Lawrence. Yeah, um, I think stunner might be an understatement, yeah. to say the least. But no, I mean, I was right there with you. I think, yeah, Kansas started out up 14 nothing. I was like, okay. And then Oklahoma scored three touchdowns in a row. And I was like, okay, well, it was a good run, Kansas. You you made it interesting early. But nope, they just kept on, you know, as they say, just hanging around, hanging around. And they got a big drive at the end of the game. And no, no disrespect, it wasn't really a flashy game for Kansas. No. The quarterback, Jason Bean, through two interceptions, one pretty. They had a pretty solid ground game with Devin Neal, who had uh, 100 plus yards and a rushing touchdown. So give him a ton of credit for that. And yeah, a big time win for Kansas. This is the defining win of the Lance Leopold era since he's gotten there at Kansas. And not only did he get a big time win to maybe set the standard for the Kansas program going forward, and a nice parting gift for Oklahoma as they leave to the SEC. Um, but he shook up the entire college football playoff rankings, what they were going to be entering this week. Absolutely, because, I mean, you think about it, Oklahoma in that top six in the AP poll. Um, you think about it, they were undefeated coming into it. Uh, lots of undefeated teams left up there at the top, and so it certainly made the decision of the top four this week a little bit easier. But you got a lot of big games coming up, uh, especially this weekend, that mm -hmm. are going to help shake things up even more. Um, but then let's talk about Georgia, a 43-20 win over Florida. And it feels like every time we think this uh, Georgia team is going to be tested against a, a team that's in contention in that SEC East, they just shut it down and they get the job done. And that's that was certainly the case in this one. Yeah, um, I, I think it's safe to say so. Uh, I felt like this game changed, obviously, on that, I guess you could call it a fourth down attempt yeah. where the snap goes through the QB's legs and it goes straight to the running back. Once they failed that, I was like, Georgia ain't falling for any tricks. So I'm like, this, this, this is a wrap. And they were under control pretty much from the get go. Like Florida had a good first drive. And then after that, Georgia just sees control and Hey, credit to Georgia. You know, we said, what are they going to do without Brock Bowers? How are they going to respond? This is one of their start of their big stretch. And they have responded in this game and the Kentucky game, the two biggest games so far for them this season. They've not only won, they have dominated their opponents. Yeah, certainly. They're leaving no questions right now that they're one of the top dogs uh, in the entire nation. Um, they are just playing such great football. Uh, then we had a big-time matchup in the uh, ACC uh, to help kind of carve out that second spot. Yep. Um, and that was Louisville versus Duke. 
Uh, and Louisville absolutely went to work. It, it is truly a shame that this team dropped that game to Pitt. They'd be undefeated. I mean, we're talking about a top 10 ranking for them. Yep, exactly. um, but 23 to nothing, 7-1. and one. Uh, You've got to think. Meet meet FSU in the ACC championship with one loss, and you win that game. I mean, yeah. it's hard to argue against this team in the college football playoff. It's it's difficult, but we also got to know they still got plenty of games still to go on that schedule. They still got to play a solid Kentucky team at the very end of the season. Yeah. that's not ACC, so they have to make sure and finish strong. Because I mean, we saw the one loss was to a Pitt team that literally the coach said that his players weren't good enough for the team this year in a after the game last week, which was interesting on his part. But yeah, it's a good win for Louisville to keep them on track in the ACC. And I mean, as well as it is to say, I mean, they're, they're battling for full control of second place in the ACC this weekend against, you know, just a normal opponent in Virginia tech. Like we all predicted. Yeah. Everybody (laughs) saw this coming uh, for (laughs) sure. Um, But BYU versus Texas. I had money on this game. BYU had no idea how to cover the spread. No, they did uh, not. <laughs> 35 to 6 victory for Texas. And you make things more interesting in that Big 12 uh, and in the college football playoff rankings. You have that loss to Oklahoma, but with that loss to Kansas and such a definitive win for right. Texas against Kansas, uh, especially in uh, it was a close back and forth game with Oklahoma, makes you think, huh, did the Sooners get lucky? Um, and that's certainly – we'll talk about the college football playoff rankings a little bit. I know I keep alluding to it, but that's <laughs> it's certainly – don't worry. It's that's coming. certainly what the college football playoff committee seemed to think about it, um, ranking Texas higher than Oklahoma. Maybe uh, the Sooners got a little bit lucky. I don't necessarily think that's the case, um, but certainly it creates some interesting questions around it. And, boy, oh, boy, Texas looks good. They looked good in the Oklahoma game, just didn't uh, get the job done at the end of the game, really – um, this is a good Texas team, and now with that Oklahoma loss, that certainly breaks the door wide open for them in the college football playoff. Yeah, um, this absolutely helps them out tremendously. They have another ranked matchup this weekend. Um, if all things work out, which, I mean, can we just talk about the Big 12, how crazy this is? Yeah. Between those two, Kansas State, Iowa. Kansas is not out of it. I mean, Iowa State's 3-1 and one in conference. Their only loss is to Oklahoma, so... You know, that conference is still up for grabs, but presumably we expect them to play Oklahoma again in the Big yeah. 12 title game, maybe get some revenge. And yes, you're right there. But the ultimate thing, Malik Murphy, who came in and played quarterback, looked really good in the game for Texas. Uh, he did the job he was supposed to, handled it. And, you know, they know they have a pretty solid backup. And if he gets injured, you know, I heard an Arch Manning as your third string is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, this is good for Texas. Another team that I know I'm, I'm saying it repetitively, but – Staying on track at this point of the year is what you need to be doing. Not just not it doesn't matter if you're winning by a lot, you're staying on track. Absolutely. And another team we can talk about staying on track. Oregon, 35 to 6 victory over Ooh. Utah. This was uh the biggest statement win of the year for Oregon, I think. Um, this really proved their place. We're talking about a top 15 team in Utah, a top team in the Pac-12, a top defense in the entire country, and to come out and hang a big 35 to 6. Boy, oh boy, Oregon had they beat Washington. Oh, they would be in the conversation. This is, this is oh, a top four team, but they have that loss to Washington. Um, and you know. It's a battle for second place right now because Washington just seems to be getting everything going right right now. Yeah, they do. But the last couple of weeks, we saw them against Stanford, Arizona State. They've had some struggles recently. And, you know, you talked about Oklahoma getting lucky against Texas. Some people think well, Washington got lucky against Oregon with that fourth down conversion. Yeah. 
attempt that Dan Lanning and them did not get. And then Washington's able to go right down the field. So some people think that they got lucky in that one. And I mean, they kind of showed it in the rankings, which I know we'll get to in a bit, but they're right there with each other. So that Pac-12 race, uh, I mean, we've hinted at it all year, is going to come down to the wire, to say the least. But I mean, just the difference. I mean, after the first quarter, you could have watched this game and just been like, okay, there's Oregon, there's Utah's here at a lower level, and then there's Oregon, yeah. like maybe five levels higher than them. So they they definitely made their statement on the road in a place where Utah won 29 of their last 30 games. Yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, upstanding performance by Oregon. Um, and you really hate to see this for Utah. Fall to 6-2 and two now. Certainly anything is possible for this team, but you just hate to think that with camera rising, this team might be undefeated. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, the big news, he being out for the rest of the year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come back next year. I don't know. You know, I'm no expert on the NCAA and them giving out those redshirt years because of yeah. injuries. But if he does come back next year, when them joining the Big 12, that could be an interesting Big 12 factor. But, yeah, um, you look at it right now in the standings, you think Utah's out of it. But we also thought the last two years that yeah. Utah was out of it. With two losses. And here they are the defending uh two-time defending Pac-12 champs so they're not completely out of it yet they still have games against Washington uh and uh some other teams too that they can get some more wins so yeah um Utah may be gone from playoff hopes but Pac-12 hopes they still have a legitimate chance absolutely um USC gets a razor thin victory I think razor thin is understatement. an understatement <laughs> I, I completely agree against Cal and this USC team is the most unimpressive team in college football. The fact that they moved up to 20 uh, in the that college football playoff rankings me. is disgusting. This team should be sitting at a flat 25 or lower. Yeah. Um, the This is unbelievable. This is a massive waste of talent uh, and skill in college football. This is unbelievable. This is one of the worst teams <laughs> in college football. How they're 7-2, and two, I do not know. Uh, this is a poorly mismanaged university and program. Uh, I, I'm disgusted that this team is sitting at 20 right now. Yeah, um, I, I am too, and I was I was quite offended by that. One. That was one of the few things that I actually looked at the rankings. I was like, okay, like, like come on. Um, but the only reason they got them seven wins is, again, it's the Lincoln Riley special. Seven, uh, you get that offense that's going to score you a bunch of points. You, your defense has to force turnovers, and if they don't force turnovers, you the other team's going to hang around and score and maybe blow you out if you have a couple of bad possessions. And that's really the story. So, I mean, they still, you look at it, they only have one loss in conference play, so they're still in contention, obviously, for the Pac-12 too. Um, but, I mean, unless that defense forces turnovers, you need that offense to score 50 points. It, at least 50 points yeah. to beat mediocre California. No disrespect to Cal. This is still one of your better years in recent history. Yeah, and a great performance by Cal, but th this should not be a game Cal's no, in. absolutely uh, not. With not even close. The, the caliber of team that this is supposed to be. Um, Air Force moves to 8-0 and covered a uh, bet yeah. of the week there Woo. for me. I remembered my bet of the week. Um, they covered 30-13, to big win, moved to 8-0. Uh, we need to have a real conversation about Air Force as a, a higher ranked team. Uh, um, yeah, they especially in those rankings. Which, um, speaking of that another team's in the AP that's not there. Uh, James Madison, uh, just 
yeah. rips my heart. But yeah, Air Force, they're looking good. In my opinion, you know, I look at the schedule about two or three weeks from now, they're playing UNLV, who's looked pretty good. They're playing them at home. I don't see any big matchups there. Could we possibly see college game day? Yep. Going to Air Force. I would sign up for that. Get them to Air Force. That's what I'm saying. I, I That would be a, a crazy game. Yes, it would. Um, we've got Washington surviving a close one with Stanford. Um, not as close as USC, but 42-33. Um, Washington, like you said, having a couple slower games than what we're used to seeing since playing Oregon. Um, you wonder if uh, this team can keep playing at this pace all year or if uh, eventually Tom's going to catch up with them. Yeah, and I mean, the end of the season, they still have to play, of course, SC this weekend. They still have to play Utah at some point, who's a pretty solid defensive unit, even if you wonder about their offense. But, I mean, just for Stanford, uh, I give Stanford credit. You know, they may be 2-16, and six team, but you could tell the difference between the last couple of years of Stanford football and this team this year that it's at a different level for them offensively, especially. And I don't know if you saw that fourth down and one drop by Stanford in the not. game. So it was 35-33, uh, and St- Stanford has the ball late. They intercept Michael Penix in the end zone. They're going to drive down the field. It's fourth and one from, I think it's around their own 30-yard line. They do a handoff to the halfback, coming around the right side, halfback pass. No one's within a tight end. About He catches it 10, 15 yards past first down marker, and he might run for 20, 30 yards. Drops it right in his hands. Oh. Two plays later, Washington scores to seal the deal. Uh, it's just heartbreaking for Stanford. But, I mean, for Washington, you know, one of the big things about the playoff rankings is not just winning, it's about surviving. And so far they have survived their two worst games of the season and are still undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, undefeated speaks for itself there. It, at that point, it doesn't matter how you got there. There won't be a lot of undefeated teams at the exactly. end of the season. So you stay undefeated, uh, you stay in that conversation for sure. And finally, let's talk about – Two more massive stunners, and that's Georgia Tech 46-42 over North Carolina. I uh, went to bed uh, before this game finished, and I had already booked North Carolina's running back into my players of the week. <laughs> I had said, great job, North Carolina. Good bounce back win for y'all. Uh, wake up the Psych. next day to find Georgia Tech comes out on top, and another come-from-behind victory for this Georgia Tech team in ACC play over a ranked team. And back-to-back weeks where North Carolina has just let it slip. And talk about those two teams that have lost to Georgia Tech in stunning fashion in the ACC, North Carolina and Miami. Um, They just have had big potential for both of these squads um, and to drop it the way they did, especially this North Carolina team. Um, It's just unbelievable. And we've talked about it. We've talked about it. Drake May, again, didn't have a bad performance exactly, here. Yeah. And how was how was this team earlier in the season? Drake May was playing so poorly, turning the ball over so much, and they were surviving and winning. And now they're up. Drake May's playing his best football, and this team cannot get the job done. Yeah. Um, if I could explain it to you, um, college football would be an exact science. But yeah. um, it, it ever is. It never is. Uh, credit to Georgia Tech, over 200 yards rushing in the fourth quarter. Wow, like you said, you went to sleep. 200 yards on the ground in the fourth quarter. Uh, Haynes King made some big throws. And really, this Georgia Tech team is just is a weird team. It is. Uh, they're 4-4, four and four, but I look at their schedule. I have it popped up here. They have won their um, even games, like week two, week four, 
week six, and then week eight. It's it's weird. And, you know, just one of those losses is a double-digit loss to Bowling Green mm. like a few weeks ago, and yet they have wins against Miami on the road, who's a pretty solid team, and now a North Carolina team. So, and I'm just saying it, another team with an even at the end of the season that has an even number by it. I'm saying Georgia. I'm just saying if we're going with the path here, wow. um, I, I'm being honest. I don't think so. But Brent Key, you can tell they play hard for him. His first year as a full-time head coach. They're playing hard. They're fighting to get to a bowl game. And this is the best Georgia Tech's program has been in recent years. And I mean, I couldn't be happier for him in Georgia Tech. Um, you just got to be, or for North Carolina, you just have to win those easy games. Second year in a row, they lost a game like this to Georgia Tech. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when North Carolina was undefeated and they were riding into this end part of the schedule. And we talked about what happened last year. Yep. This team was up. They were undefeated coming in, talking about ACC title. <laughs> and then they dropped what their last four games, three, three, it was either like four or three of their last four, something like that. But I mean, and then same situation this year. And now, yeah, it, it, it's unbelievable. You talk about all but pushing yourself out of this uh, ACC title race. It's not completely over, but now, I mean, this loss right here put through Georgia Tech into the title race for the yep. ACC with only two losses. Um, it, it made things a lot more interesting, and certainly you cannot afford to have this. And with a losing slide right now, boy, oh, boy, North Carolina looks like it's in shambles. Yeah, it, it really is. It looks like the rest of this year might just be a, a draft positioning thing for Drake May, pretty much. Yeah. How will he do? That's going to be the pretty much the rest of the season if you're North Carolina. And maybe him playing in the bowl game, maybe, or preparing for the NFL draft. That's where you're at. But you legit, legitimately, that second scene in the ACC is still open. Uh, even though you're a game or two behind, it's still there potentially. Can you get get it together and bounce back? That's what they couldn't do last year. Hopefully they can do it this year. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we'll take a look at the last stunner. Boy, oh boy, I've got to stop rooting for the yeah, underdogs. Um, <laughs> uh, I did it to Wake Forest as they were on the cusp of a top 10 berth. Uh, and now with Oregon State, uh, they fall 27-24 to Arizona. This one hurt. I wanted to see this team in the top 10, but they fall to Arizona. And this Arizona program ha has taken Ooh. quite the turn this season. It's it's impressive to see. Now, they sit at 5-3 and three now. Um, this could be a real upswing for this program uh, and this year and in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you look at it, you know, their starting QB's been out the last couple weeks. It's been a true freshman, Noah Fifa, who's done a great job throwing the football. They might have their new quarterback and might be a guy that if they can develop behind for the next couple of years, and especially with them joining the Big 12 next year, this could be a fun team to keep an eye on. But yeah, they seem like the team right now that's just, that uh, in the Pac-12 is just, not expected to compete for the Pac-12 title, but it's just going to wreck other teams' resumes. Uh, they almost did it to Washington a few weeks ago. Um, so this is going to be an interesting finish for Arizona, but I love it for their program. Uh, I mean, the more teams that are good in college football at the Power 5 level, the more fun it is overall. Absolutely. And we're talking about uh, – I, I, don't, I don't mean to get anybody's hopes up. But Arizona's really not necessarily out of this race. No, uh, they aren't. In the Pac-12, you look at it, they're 3-2 and two in conference, as is UCLA, as is Utah, as is Oregon State. Oregon, one loss, USC, one loss, and Washington undefeated. So it doesn't take 
a whole lot of madness to happen no. for this Arizona team to somehow slip up into that uh, Pac-12 title game. It's going to take a little bit of work. They could be the Utah of this final year. Maybe just sneak their way in and take control. Yeah, but you talk about two of those teams uh, that are tied with them right now. They'll get a little bit of a matchup with. They got UCLA this week. They've got Oregon or uh, Utah in two weeks. Could knock two teams right out of their way just like that. Um, and, and then anything Oregon still has to play um, uh, USC. USC still has to play Washington. Those all cancel each other out. Here comes Arizona. Absolutely, they have. They've given themselves uh, a path to do something uh, unbelievable. Takes a little bit of work, um, but they've certainly set themselves up for a, a big time finish to this season. Absolutely. Um, now let's take it to the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. Um, and. Some interesting stuff going on in the college football playoff, um, but I see the see the idea, even if I don't necessarily agree with the way right. this top four sits. Um, but number one is Ohio State, number two Georgia, number three Michigan, number four Florida State. Um, and again, I see the message that's being sent here. Uh, they don't want. Obviously, it won't matter because these two teams won't be here. Uh, and when it comes time for the final college football playoffs. But Michigan, Ohio State, they don't want to set up that 2-3 matchup in the first round, even though right, it doesn't matter right, right now. Uh, I'd still put Georgia number one. Uh, and it's about time the NCAA punishes uh, Michigan. Um, it, the evidence has gotten to be clearly indisputable. I think the thing that they're waiting to see, I don't know if you heard the whole Central Michigan drama – um, I've seen a little you know, bit. A Michigan State that he was dressed as an assistant for Central Michigan on the sideline right next to the Michigan State coaches. They're saying it looks like him. They don't know for sure if it is him. I think if it is him, that might be the thing that puts it over the top in the investigation. Um, but yeah, we're just I'm just kind of waiting and seeing. And a big thing for me, just solely about that, is you know we talked about it last year with Harbaugh about how we said you need to either be committed to Michigan or go to the NFL. Now you wonder with this going on and that and a job in the NFL just becoming open recently, which we'll talk about in the NFL episode, you wonder if he tries to just sneak away and get into the and back into the NFL away from this kind of like what Pete Carroll did at USC. Yeah, and uh, you kind of look at it as also uh, Michigan rescinded that co- massive contract extension exactly, yeah. that they had offered out to Jim Harbaugh and so, you know, now that contract coming to an end soon, it, it seems like no matter what comes of this, uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are probably done after the season. It, it seems like it's heading that way. Now, a win against Michigan or a win against Ohio State could definitely change yeah. things up. But I honestly think if he loses to Ohio State, this this could be especially, especially to Penn State, who they still have to play. So, if you lose those two, yeah, that really could be the end of the Michigan era here. So uh, I'm interested to see it. But Ohio State, when you look at it by a resume standard, which, again, I'll complain about it later on with the rest of them about consistency. But resume-wise, Ohio State should be number one. Now, do I think they're the best team in college football? No, not even close. And to be honest with you, I really don't even know who the best team in college football yeah. is at the moment. So, But do I think Ohio State's not? No. But they have the best resume, and that's what it is mostly about in these first rankings. Absolutely. Um, at five and six, you've got Washington and Oregon. Uh, seven, Texas. Eight, Alabama. Nine, Oklahoma. And ten, Ole Miss. Um, you know, I personally 
would rather see Penn State sitting at 10. But I get it. The loss to Ohio State two weeks ago, the loss to – or the very close game with Indiana this past week that right. shouldn't have been close kind of drops them down a little bit uh, compared to the AP poll. Um, but this is kind of an, an interesting landscape here because there's just one ACC team in this yep. entire top 10, um, which is truly astounding here. Um, but I I don't hate this. Um, I get Texas over Oklahoma right now. Um, but I'd really personally like to see Oregon out of the top six. Uh, they've been playing so well, but I'd rather see Texas uh, up there just because, yeah. I don't know, that's just me. I'd rather not see two Pac-12 teams right yeah. there on the other And outside. you argue they probably, you know, at least in my opinion, probably have the best overall win in the entire college football season going on the road into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama pretty soundly. So that's probably the best win of all of them. In my opinion, that should be enough to put them in the top six, but they feel like the way Oregon's played the last couple of weeks, they earned it, I think. At least that's what I'm thinking. Um, then at 11, you've got Penn State, 12 Missouri, 13 Louisville, 14 LSU, and 15 Notre Dame. Uh, when I look at this, uh, I don't have really any complaints here. Uh, I, I think this is probably the right way to do it. Um, but boy, oh boy, uh, again, you see Louisville sitting there at 13 and you just know they'd be so much oh higher. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think it through. Loss. If they had beaten Pitt, I imagine they would put them ahead of Missouri. They might be, State. they might be sitting in six. They're, they, did they be undefeated with they a would, win over Notre Dame? And it seems like that was a big thing in this opening one is those undefeateds being at the top. So I mean, you look at it and you think maybe they would be up there, but, you know, they can't be thinking about that. They need to focus on winning the rest of their schedule, beating Florida State in the ACC title game, and then letting, having to have everything sit there because you lost a game to Pitt. And if it comes down to you're on the bubble, they're going to look at you and you know what they're going to say? Uh, that team's good, but they lost to a Pittsburgh team that's not even close to making a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, here let's 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 spin a little yarn. Uh, uh of course this is looking way too far ahead into the season obviously, if anything happens. Obviously, yeah. You say they went out and let's put a team like Oregon wins out. You get to that final college football playoffs after the conference and sure, you beat Florida State who was in the top 4. You won your ACC championship. But Oregon gets a rematch with Washington, hypothetically. They beat Washington. You've not only won your conference championship with one loss, but you have avenged the one loss on your resume against Washington. There'd be no way you couldn't put Oregon in there. There'd be no way. Similar fate with Texas. Them and Oklahoma finish it out the way they are. Texas avenges that loss. So this pit loss has put you in an absolute bind in a situation where you should be undefeated. But like you said, can't think about that now. Destiny's in your own hands. You've got to go out and win all your games and put it on the com- on the committee to force you out. I mean, that's pretty much, for example, TCU and Cincinnati the last couple of years. Cincinnati started way lower, and they said, okay, we need to win out. We always realize it. They went out, bang, they make the playoff. TCU were really low in the first rankings. Win out, and they even though they lose in the conference championship because they had won out the rest of their games, that gave them the nod to get into those rankings. So that's what you got to do. You got to handle everything that's in front of you right now. Absolutely. Um, But then we look at number 16. You've got Oregon State, 17 Tennessee, 18 Utah, 19 UCLA, 20 USC. And, you know, we've ranted enough about USC here. 
but <laughs> a lot of Pac-12 right up in here. Um, and boy, oh boy, again, another team we could be talking about. Oregon State could have been higher had they not lost Arizona. Uh, but I, I, I like everything else sitting here in this top 20. Yeah, um, I really have no issue um, besides what we talked about with SC. I don't know what it is. I just... I don't. I also feel like maybe Utah should be down at twenty. That's just my opinion, maybe. Um, but overall, besides SC, I mean, I really have no critique. Just maybe like move a team down a spot or up a spot. That's about yeah. it. Uh, at twenty-one, Kansas comes in big win over Oklahoma, helping them getting that first rankings. Oklahoma State at twenty-two, a team that started off so poorly. It's been so impressive to see what they've done uh, with the second half of this year. Um, at twenty-three, you've got Kansas State who won the Pac-12 or the Big 12 championship last year. 24 is Tulane, and at 25, you've got Air Force. And boy, oh boy, would I like to see Air Force sitting above a lot of these teams. I'd really like to see them slide everybody down and put them at 14 over LSU. Uh, They're undefeated. I know they don't have the biggest, baddest resume, but uh, again, Undefeated is undefeated, and I think you've got to give a nod to that, especially when you've got all these two lost teams ahead. Yeah, um, and I'm just fascinated by Oklahoma State. Somehow, I mean, you look at their season, a very close game week one against UCA, and if it wasn't for a couple of penalties by UCA, you maybe lose to UCA. Then you play South Alabama, they blow you out 33-7, and we think, okay, mediocre season for Oklahoma State's out of the way. Big 12 play starts, and it's like, bang. We're running. We're running right through them all. And, you know, they're in the thick of the conversation right now for the Big 12. And, boy, oh, boy, um, they do have a special player doing it too. Yeah, and uh, we'll absolutely get into that right now as we talk about our teams and players of the week here in college football. And uh, I'll start with my top five teams. Uh, I've got Kansas at number one. I think it was, even though the game was in Lawrence, this was a big-time matchup. Uh, and to keep your season on track, too, yeah. uh, you think about staying in that uh, Big 12 title picture. Um, and obviously got them into the college football playoff rankings. Uh, certainly wouldn't have happened had they lost that game. Obviously. Um, and so, you know, go from outside looking in to now being one of those top 25 teams in the nation. I think it was a big win, especially with your backup quarterback, a guy who, crazy enough, played Oklahoma the last two years yep. for Kansas and lost both of those games. <laughs> um, so talk about uh, learning from your mistake in a situation you weren't expected to be in, and he gets the job done. Uh, and number two, I have Georgia Tech. Obviously, this one was a stunner to me, but this Georgia Tech team is finding ways to get it done in some pretty big games, and they could be an interesting program on the rise in a couple of years. And, uh, of course, anything right now can happen for second place in the ACC, it seems like, uh, with so many teams in the thick of it. And number three, I put Oregon in. Uh, while it was a pretty dominant win, it was over one of the better teams in college football, obviously the number 13 team in the nation at the time. Um, and so to go out and make another big statement, keeping the pressure on Arizona, who can't, or not Arizona, on Washington, who can't just glide into that Pac 12 championship, you know, having a couple tough games here and showing that, hey, we want that rematch and we want to see y'all again. Uh, absolutely uh, putting the pedal to the metal right now and showing what they're capable of. Um, Then we've got Louisville uh, at my number four. It was a big matchup with Duke um, to kind of thin it out there at second place in the ACC a little. Uh, Gives you just two one-loss teams in the conference. Um, But certainly makes their path a little bit easier. 
um, helps control their own destiny. Um, and it was another big win. Again, we keep talking about it, but shaking my head at that pin, pit loss a couple weeks ago exactly, because yep. it, it would certainly have helped this team Absolutely. a lot down the stretch. And at number five, I put Arizona. A win over a team I thought should have been in the top 10. So a win over a uh, top 10 or top 11 team in the country, if you want to be like that. Um, but it was a phenomenal performance by them to get there and uh, show up, show out, and makes the future of this program look bright and the season uh, certainly interesting, as we've talked about. Yeah, definitely. So mine, pretty similar to his on some of them, although I had to give a shout-out to some teams. I kind of use this as a shout-out for some teams. Fair enough. So what do, but number one, I mean, how, how can you not yeah. put Kansas at number one? Uh, easily, probably the biggest win for that program. Uh, maybe ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the t- I'm not, I'm not a Kansas football history expert, so I don't know for sure. Uh, but it feels like the biggest win maybe in program history and kind of set that standard of what they can be in the future. Number two, I had to put Arizona here. They have become a fun story in recent weeks. Again, they're doing this all with a QB that wasn't their starter originally at the start of the season. Another big win against a ranked team. Uh, they did against, um, Washington state. They dominated them. Now you hand Oregon state here. Um, they're just causing chaos in that Pac-12, and you love to see it. Number three, Georgia Tech. Like I said, I got to give them a ton of credit for a big win against North Carolina. Came alive in that fourth quarter, dominating on the ground, and were able to get a couple of stops to help seal the game. That was it. Number four for me, had to give it to Northwestern. I didn't, and Believe me, entering the year, I did not think I would have Northwestern anywhere near this list whenever this man told me about the start of the year. Um, but this is a team who I think it's safe to say had maybe not the most fun offseason in the entire world. And yeah, here they are, four and four. They get a huge win against Maryland, who has just gone in a downward spiral since yeah. that Ohio State, Ohio State game. But this is a Northwestern team that not many people thought would win a game this year, um, myself included. Um, so I had to give them credit. And number five, another one in that Big Ten West, uh, this man... He's he's like Big Ten Big Ten West Stan Austin yeah. Waiter, maybe I am, and uh, that's okay with me. I have to give it to Nebraska. They get a nice win over Purdue. They're now five and three in Matt Rule's first year. Now keep in mind what again what Scott Frost had done in recent years, how he was barely struggling in those close games. Matt Rule brought a different level of confidence to Nebraska. The players are buying into it. Um, I don't know what else to say. Matt Rule is just a bona fide definition of a college football coach bringing in and getting those programs going. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, you look at the resume at Temple. You look at the resume at Baylor. Um, phenomenal coaching. You know, obviously didn't work out in the NFL, but not everybody's cut out. Saban wasn't cut out for the NFL. Uh, so, you know, there are certain guys that it just doesn't work out for. Um, but he's been great at Nebraska and absolutely exciting uh, stuff there for that that program. And, you know, maybe reversing the curse a little bit. Maybe. Um, but we look at our uh, social media winners, and we had Oregon and Kansas coming away collecting some extra votes. And that made it a, a no-brainer pick. Everybody seemed to be on the on the Kansas train here. I mean, I can't blame them. close it out as team of the week. <laughs> but absolutely phenomenal performance for them. Let's get into the player of the week where it was a little bit more of an interesting conversation. Yeah, um, there are plenty of good options for that one. Uh, at number one, I went with uh, Reggie Brown, wide receiver out of James Madison. Uh, this guy had a phenomenal por- performance, over 175 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns um, to help push this team to 8-0 and and should be in that college fo- first college football playoff rankings. Hopefully yep. we'll see them by the end of the season. Uh, they're certainly a top 25 team in the nation right now. Uh, then Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, 
Obviously, he had a massive game, Fair. multiple receiving touchdowns. Thought I'd have to give this guy the nod, especially in a game that was a lot closer than the scoreboard showed, um, and he was definitely the deciding factor in that one. Uh, Ollie Gordon out of uh, Oklahoma State. This guy has turned into the best running back Absolutely. in the country. It's not even close. Um, and we really should have expected this out of Oklahoma State. You think about Chuba Hubbard a couple of years oh ago. Oh, my gosh. was yeah. a dominant force out of Oklahoma State. So it's certainly nothing new for uh, Mike Gundy's system to have that top back in the league. Um, then I went to Dante Smith out of Georgia Tech, running back. Uh, another brilliant performance. Like you said, uh, the team had 200 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. Um, this guy went absolutely insane, had a big night, multiple rushing touchdowns. And then at uh, number five, I had Noah Fifita, the quarterback out of Arizona. This guy has been impressive in his games um, and, you know, kept him in all of their games, uh, even the ones they haven't won. And so really resounding performance. Had to give some shout-outs to some unknowns on this one. Yeah, absolutely. So some players the same, some different ones. Um, mine's kind of running back heavy. Um, all three of these running backs I'm about to mention, all three had over 200 yards rushing in their games this we weekend. See that. Number one, Ollie Brown, 251, 271 yards on the ground. I'm discrediting him almost yeah. 20 yards. Um in a season where, you know, we think Michael Penix is number one, but we really don't know confident, this man should be in the Heisman conversation with the way he has run the football the last couple of weeks. If no one else wants it, they should give it to him. He has carried this Oklahoma State team from a rough start to the season, and they are just running through everyone else that they're playing, literally running him through yeah. all of them. Uh, my next one, kind of a shocker, but a fun one. K-Ron Lynch Adams of UMass running back over 200 yards, had a couple of touchdowns in their win over Army. Um, you know, it caught me off guard whenever I was going through the games and I wasn't expecting to be selecting a player from UMass, but here we are with this one. Uh, next up, Minnesota running back Jordan Newbin had over 200 yards for them in their win. And, you know, I mean, this is the definition of Minnesota football. They're going to run that football. And I mean, they had a pretty big win against them and, it's solely because of him on the ground. Number four had to get some more action in there because for sure, who, who doesn't like the action? Went with Marshawn Nealon for an edge for Western Michigan in their win this past weekend. Man had three sacks in a big time game. Which, by the way, speaking of action, midweek action has been back. Was these past two nights? Um, there was a dunk tank at a freezing cold game, so it already lived up to the hype. Wow. Um, there was a guy that watched the game from the Goodyear Blimp. Uh, and learned there's a bathroom in the Goodyear blimp, which I did not know. No, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, it kind of caught me off guard. Uh, but anyway, had a great performance for him. And my last one, Haynes King from Georgia Tech. He was uh, great in the fourth quarter, made some big-time throws. And Austin, it seems like we're not going to have player and team of the week matching yet again. No, we will not. Um, our social media winners were Ollie Gordon and Marvin Harrison Jr., um, and that allows Ollie Gordon to haul in the player of the week honors this week. And uh, just kind of to piggyback on what you're saying about him earlier about, you know, carrying this team, it seemed like it was going to be an identity crisis for this team. Who's going to yeah. lead this offense? You think about Shuba Hubbard a few years ago. And then Spencer Sanders had really been a great leadership figure for this Man, team. And, he goes to Ole Miss. And now he goes to Ole Miss. And so questions in the air about who was going to lead this team. But Ollie Gordon has clearly stepped up and, and been the guy. And, so, and he's only a sophomore, too. So who knows what his future holds at Oklahoma State. Yeah, absolutely. Being well, someone, I mean, he already broke a Barry Sanders record at Oklahoma State recently. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't know. <laughs> um, exciting stuff for that program and to see what they might be able to build on uh, this year and in the future. 
Um, but let's get into these game, or uh, oh, yeah. let's get into uh, some of the games uh, from this coming week. Not quite into the game picks yet, um, but a big game going on tonight at six thirty: Wake Forest versus Duke. And Duke is needing a win here just to stay on track in the ACC. Otherwise, uh, they can really kiss this season goodbye. It hasn't gone exactly the way they expected at the beginning of the year, especially injuries have really banged this team mm-hmm. up. But they could use a big win this uh, tonight to really get the job done. Yeah, uh, they really could. And, of course, the big news, Riley Leonard, it's already came out about an hour ago. He's expected to miss a lot of time with an injury he suffered at the end. of. It just seems like at the end of the games, at the end of the Notre Dame yeah. game, at the end of the Florida State game, now at the end of the Louisville game, he's getting injured in these sort of ways. And I just – I honestly don't blame him. I would – heal up and honestly get ready maybe for next year or maybe if he thinks that he's done enough for to go to the NFL draft heal up there or and maybe come back for the bowl game for Duke um, but yeah I'm interested to see how this Duke offense is going to be without him Wake Forest kind of a down the line team I mean they're, they, they're far off from when Sam Hartman was there so it's a fun little ACC matchup it's getting that big time spotlight on ESPN on Thursday night you absolutely love to see it yeah for sure um, then let's head into Saturday with some big games uh, at 11 o'clock. Notre Dame versus Clemson, and this has been a regular season matchup that Notre Dame has dominated uh, over the past couple of years. Um, and certainly it looks like we're going to see a little bit more of the same. Uh, Clemson, though, they could use a big win to kind of spark this team and get them back on track uh, for the entire season. It just hasn't been the Clemson we're used to seeing and having them match up with Notre Dame. Maybe time to get some wins back. Yeah, maybe, and – you know, Dabo talked about lightening the bandwagon. Well, I think it's safe to say yeah, it's empty. You, you don't got many people left on that bandwagon because now you're just fighting to make a bowl game pretty much at this point. So sure. uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup, but I do truly believe that Sam Hartman and this Notre Dame offense, when they get that ground game going and not just be a one-dimensional offense, they should be able to win it. And again, it's another one of those weird 11 a.m. kickoffs at Death Valley. It, those are always the weirdest, probably the weirdest games of the season sometimes. You think about that Florida State game, which we thought would be a huge game, with 11 a.m. kickoff, goes to double overtime. Um, last year, they played Syracuse at home, 11 a.m. kickoff. One of the best games of the season because Syracuse came out ready to play. So uh, I'm interested to see how this works out for Clemson. And really, are they going to show up? Are they going to show some fight against this Notre Dame team? Yeah, and it seems like during the day, there's just no life in Death Valley. It's those nighttime games that really Oh, my gosh. Them at night, I don't care what their record is. It's hard to beat them. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if the fans can show up and show out in a big matchup with the top 15 team. Uh, Then we've got the Razorbacks coming back from their uh, week off. And they're going to face the Florida Gators, who coming off a tough loss to Georgia – uh, and the Hogs are just looking to get something going. We talk about it, and we talk about it, and we talk about it. This is a team that should be undefeated. <laughs> and talk about it, talk about it, and talk about it. We will. Yeah. Um, but the big thing, obviously, Dan Enos is gone. That's the big thing. Um, uh, add celebra- celebration music to you people listening. You might as well celebrate and dance. It's still a big thing to have happened there. So uh, I'm happy about it. I'm excited to see how this new offense is going to look. It's a former Ohio State QB who had learned under Tom Herman and Major Applewhite. Those were some fun offenses that those teams have had. I'm interested to see it. I'm interested to see how he cooperates uh, this O-line struggling uh, with this new kind of wrinkle to the offense. Uh, And I really say, you can't do much worse than what Enos did against Mississippi State, which is by far the worst football game I've ever gone to in person. Yeah, uh, watching it at home, it was a pain, so I can't imagine what it was like sitting in the States. Oh, oh my gosh, and I got massive sunburn. So I my, it was like half my face was sunburned because we were facing the sun that way, so 
it was and i had like the sunglasses uh, sunburn oh, too tough. oh and then i had to do the news for new six. Oh, oh boy it was a disaster um but this is an interesting one with florida florida's debut and they're all black unis i'm hoping arkansas walks are all white so it, it could be a fun matchup um but i think arkansas has a legitimate chance here just like they have in every single game that they played this year yeah, uh, it's just going to be a matter of execution and getting the job done for the Hogs. Uh, and hopefully there's a little bit better execution on the offensive end uh, with those changes. Um, then uh, the last game we'll talk about for now at 11 o'clock is uh, number 10 Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. Uh, A&M certainly is having a better year uh, than they have in the years prior, 5-3 and three right now. Um, and this would help keep them uh, in some conversations uh, in the SEC uh, West. But – it's going to take a win over a now top 10 Ole Miss team. Uh, and uh, I, I personally think the Rebels are going to hold it down at home. But certainly, uh, with how close and competitive uh, these two teams are, I, I wouldn't put it past Texas A&M to have a, a stunner here. Yeah, and you wonder about the game day implications. Next week, Ole Miss is at Georgia. And if Ole Miss wins and Georgia wins, that's a top 10 matchup just waiting to happen right there. So you wonder if Ole Miss will get caught looking ahead, but they can't get caught looking ahead because after this game, if you're able to beat AM and you beat Georgia, you have Louisiana Monroe and Mississippi State left on your schedule. Those are, besides Georgia, which again, that's the big one in the middle, but the three of these Final Four are all very winnable games. This is a team that legitimately can enter the conversation they just can't oh, – if they beat Georgia, they just can't be caught looking ahead this week. Absolutely. Then we've got Louisville versus Virginia Tech for battling to get second place in the ACC. Outright. This uh, is insane. I did not think we'd be seeing this matchup as, as that main one, and clearly neither did the ACC. It's at 2.30 on the ACC network. Yeah, this <laughs> is going to be uh, quite the game. Uh, seven and one versus four and four, but battle for second place nonetheless. Uh, Louisville. They have that tough loss to Pitt. We've been harping on it all, all episode. Um, can they put that stuff behind them? Can they face Virginia Tech, and can they get the job done? Or does Virginia Tech make an interesting, stunning case for themselves this season with a big win to secure outright second place in the ACC? Oh, my gosh. Um, it just sounds like a, a dream that would be um, maybe nightmare for the rest of the ACC and their potential hopes of maybe trying to get Louisville involved, but it would be fun for me. Um, but I just don't know because I'm going to be honest with you before I found this out about Virginia tech this past week, I hadn't really cared to lick about them this year. Um, and that's no disrespect to Virginia tech. I'm just trying to find those teams, you know, obviously the top ones you want to look at, but obviously those teams that are just along the edge and I just hadn't paid them attention, but give them credit. They're fighting. And I mean, if this was at Virginia tech, I mean, this would be great. Understand man would be playing. Everyone's fired up, but this is a Louisville team that just seems like they are destined to try to have that big-time matchup against Florida State. They just cannot be caught looking ahead, and not just caught looking ahead to that matchup, but winning this game and taking full control a second and know if you win out, you're going to be playing Florida State for the ACC title. Absolutely. Um, then we look ahead to uh, Penn State versus Maryland, and two weeks ago they lost Ohio State. Rough game against Indiana last week. Uh, and a Maryland team that, you know, Playing Ohio State was a we were arguing was a top twenty five team in the nation. If they can get back to that pace and take advantage of a a Penn State team who's looked uh, dazed these last couple of weeks, boy oh boy, there would be some pandemonium in that uh, Big Ten. 
But Penn State, they've got to trust what they did last week, keep opening up that passing game, get Drew Lahr really uh, involved in this offense, and try and beat a Maryland team that's looking to get any kind of momentum. Yeah, this is a matchup of two teams that have fallen down a cl- off a cliff since Ohio State, um, just in the level of play that they've had. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how this matchup works out. I think it's going to be a fun, close matchup. Um, you're absolutely right. The big key is Penn State's passing game. If they open it up more, that could lead to some fun. We already know Maryland's offense is going to have some fun throwing the football, but the question is, will they be able to do it against this Penn State secondary? Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we look at Florida State facing Pitt this week. And again, this is another trap. This is a trap game right here, easily. You you look at earlier this season, how this Pitt team has played, how they played last week. They've played bad, but they came into a matchup with a Louisville team that stunned this Notre Dame roster uh, and got the job done, propelled themselves to new heights, and they beat them. Could they play spoiler on the other end and make the ACC picture just completely bonkers and beat Florida State and just play spoiler in this ACC the rest of the year? Yeah, just to ruin the playoff hopes. Uh, that seems like a very pit thing to do. Yeah. Especially, like I said, their coach coming out saying, we thought we did a good job replacing the players from last year, and we clearly didn't. Um, I don't know how you win back that locker room, but there's two ways players respond. Either this game will be horrendously ugly, or those pit players will respond and say, you know what? Uh, screw him. Let's go out here and win it for us and prove to him that we that we can do this. So that's one of the two things. This isn't going to be one of those happy medium games. This is a game they're going to either come out, respond right away, or we're going to know by the end of the first quarter that this game's not even going to be close. Uh, but Florida State, talent-wise, this should not be close. And they just need to be able to get this win. It should be an easy win for them, but they need to start the game out strong right away. Yeah, um, and we've got some big matchups that are coming up in the Big 12. A couple we'll talk about in a minute with our game picks. Um, but one that uh, is going to fly a little bit under the radar yep. is Kansas versus Iowa State. And this actually has some pretty monumental Absolutely. stakes uh, going on here. Because you look at this matchup. You've got Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kansas State all with one loss in conference. And Kansas State will meet Texas this week. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma will meet this week. And Iowa State meets Kansas, who is tied with West Virginia for fifth place technically, <laughs> but, but really yeah. is like second place. <laughs> it, it's a whole weird shakeup. But we could see at most three teams walk away with one loss this week. And uh, if Kansas has their way, then only two teams will walk away with one loss in this Big 12 Uh playoff or this big 12 conference right now um and so there are going to be some interesting shakeups that happen in the big 12 but this is a matchup certainly to watch kansas iowa state because these are two teams that will be battling very hard for their place in this big 12 championship game yeah you're absolutely right and this is you know you wonder about kansas how are they going to respond they just got such a huge huge win against oklahoma maybe program changing Will they come ready to play on the road in Ames, Iowa against Iowa State? Uh, I think they should. It comes down to if they can get that ground game going, and that's the same with Iowa State. This is probably going to be a low-scoring affair. Uh, you look to run the football, and it's going to come down to whoever gets that first is ultimately going to, whoever controls the ground game, controls time of possession, is going to be the ultimate difference in who wins this game and who, I mean, you look at it, West Virginia, if West Virginia were to lose, it's maybe 
you get outright second place in the Big 12 because they play BYU, who has had a pretty surprising season too. So that could be a fun one. And uh, this uh, Iowa State-Kansas one is definitely one people need to keep an eye on if they aren't already. Yeah, absolutely. And finally at 930, uh, we've got UCLA versus Arizona. And Arizona had a stunner last week at 930 against uh, Oregon State. So do they have uh, some more magic in them against UCLA? Like I talked about, this is one of those games that can help scoot them up. Uh, the rankings in the uh, Pac-12, you knock a team down a peg here in UCLA and keep yourself in uh, some slim but possible uh, Pac-12 championship hopes. Yeah, and like we talked about, they're not far behind. Both these teams are three and two, so this is really the losers ultimately out of the play yeah. out of the Pac-12 race. Um, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. How will Arizona respond? They've looked good these so many these past weeks. But people, including including us, even though we've kind of hyped them up, this is the first time we're saying we got to give them a ton of credit. Everyone's talking about how underrated they are now. Can they do it against UCLA team that has quietly maybe the second best defense in the Pac-12 and a decent offense, but that defense has done the job for Chip Kelly and them. Uh, this is another one I think could be a low-scoring game and maybe two quarterbacks that maybe aren't that maybe don't have their best games, but it comes down to me overall to the defense of both these teams. That's the overall factor in the game. Absolutely. And now let's get into these game picks. Yes. We've got some absolutely monumental but games. But we do have the results. Oh, let's hear those numbers. That's right. I completely forgot we were going to do this. Yes, we did. Uh, in first place, with a record of 19 and 15, Austin Hill. Wow. At 19, 19 and 15. And in, of course, me in second place at 18 and 16. So One, it's nail biting. Yeah. So, you know, so much for, well, we're going to have to make strategy picks. Really, there's no point. We're basically yeah, we're just dead, dead even. We're dead even. So. so it really doesn't matter. But that's the picks there. And after we make our game picks, we're going to get into our bet of the week. We also have the bet of the week records here, too, which, um, you know, I wish I could say they're as good as that, but, you know, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so. We look at the game picks, and we've got uh, a game we alluded to, Kansas State versus Texas. Uh, get some clarity in the Big 12. Who, boy, oh boy, Kansas State starting to sneak up again, and mm -hmm. they did this last yep, year in exactly. the Big 12, and they ended up winning the whole thing. But this year you've got teams like Texas and Oklahoma back on their high horse, back in competing in this conference. And so it's not going to be uh, an easy road uh, to the Big 12 championship for anybody. Uh, with how thick the race is, but it gets a lot thinner after this weekend. Who you got in this matchup? Oh man, uh, this is such a tough one for me because I don't believe I don't think Quinn Ewers is expected to play this game either. Um, and no disrespect to BYU, but they are not on the same level as Kansas State. No. Uh, you know, I don't, I think I really want to pick Kansas State, but something's telling me it's in Austin, Texas. I think I have to go with Texas in this one, although this is going to be a nail-biter. And this is either going to be a really high-scoring game or this is going to be a low-scoring bear. There's no in the middle here. I'm going to give a slight edge to Texas solely for the home field advantage. That's really the overall dif only overall difference. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a, a close game, and as much as I want to pick Kansas State, uh, I'm going to take Texas in this one. Uh, the Kansas State Wildcats are having a great season, but – uh, I think with Quinn Ewers, I wouldn't have a doubt in my mind exactly. that Texas yep. is going to win this game. Uh, but without Quinn, it may, certainly makes more competition in this game. But like you said, it's in Austin. I think that uh, 
there's not going to be yeah. too many mistakes here from Texas. Feels at Kansas State, I would hammer it right now. Yeah, I'd hammer it. But I'm going to drop it to Texas here because it's uh, it, it just seems like it's their season right Absolutely. now. They're just they're just running through it. Um, now let's talk Missouri versus Georgia, and this is uh, a battle that could make uh, that first place in the SEC just a little bit more interesting. Absolutely, and maybe make things interesting again for Tennessee because they play. Missouri still, and they still have to play Georgia. So you wonder the factors that go into that. And oh man, this is this is an interesting matchup to say the least. And I really want to pick Missouri to win, but similar to that one, uh, and also partly because I trust in Georgia's defense to get one or two more stops than I do Missouri's defense. And if it was in Columbia, keep in mind last year these two played. Missouri led for pretty much the entire game. It looked like they were going to pull off maybe the upset of the season, but Georgia survived, I think, by one or two points. I think this is another one where Georgia survives this game and they prove themselves. Or, like they've shown in their other big games so far this year, they might blow Missouri out. Yeah. I really don't know. All I do know is I think Georgia's going to win. I think the smart pick is to take Georgia here. I think they're probably going to win this game. But, I'll be rooting for Mizzou. But I'm going to give you a chance to get one back on me, not because I want you to have a chance to get one back on me, not because I'm giving you pity. You but, say that until Missouri beat them this weekend. <laughs> but I, I, I like the Tigers. I like what they've been doing this season. And I'm not a big Missouri guy, obviously. I'm not a Missouri fan. Uh, but they've been fun to watch this year. They put together an impressive season. They have my favorite kicker in college football right now. Obviously, I put him in the playoffs. Maybe the maybe now. the all 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 team kicker. You yes, know? the uh, all Bulldog podcast kicker this year, and Harrison Nevis. I'll be rooting for this team hardcore to pull off a big upset. So might as well uh, put some stake in it. You might as well. Um, then we've got the other big time matchup in the Big Twelve. That's Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. A gritty rivalry, and you know. This could be the end of the rivalry. Oklahoma State yeah. uh, AD has alluded to ending the rival, the yearly rivalry matchup between Which these is two just teams after uh, Oklahoma leaves the Big 12. I think that's taking this move a little too personal, and it would make an exciting out-of-conference play. Think about beating an SEC team for Absolutely. Oklahoma State. That certainly add to college football playoff resume, especially with it expanding uh, here in the next year. Here's my question. Why can't they do it like Florida State does it with Florida? or Georgia does with Georgia Tech, or Clemson with South Carolina. Why not make it your final week of the season? Literally, your in-state rival, you're not going to play them? Get get out of here. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, it's taking the move too personally, especially with how much it can help your team exactly. playing in SEC school on a yearly basis like that. Because, I mean, let's face it, the talent level in the Big 12 after Texas and Oklahoma leaves is going to drop somewhat. So yeah. playing that level of talent still year in and year out, it truly would help you out with recruiting, saying you're still going to get to play your in-state rival, except you're going to have the chance to take them down from the SEC. Yeah, uh, you talk about uh, a game that wouldn't hurt you in conference play, but certainly would help you on the national standard. Um, so I, I personally don't get that. Uh, I think that's taken a little too hard. Obviously, the move isn't directed at you. Yeah, It's not Oklahoma saying, yeah, we're done it's with It's because of this Oklahoma money State. right here. Money <laughs> talks. Uh, so... But this is a big matchup. Oklahoma comes in off of a tough, 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 tough defeat to Kansas. Was it a tough defeat? Uh, I would say it's probably a tough (laughs) defeat to Kansas. Um, But they certainly wish they could have that one back. Um, 
And, you know, we had hyped up this defense. Brett Venables had really gotten this defense under control here in his second year at Oklahoma. It seemed like he had really, they'd really found their stride. Um, but they had some miscues and they gave up some big plays and allowed Kansas to walk away with this one. And so they certainly wish they could have that back. But they're going to need to show up against what's been a dominant rushing attack uh, as of late for this Oklahoma State team. And boy, oh boy, it, it's hard to pick against either one of these teams. Uh, who you got? Mm, uh, I really, I really don't know who I think, especially with that loss last week. I'm really tempted to pick Oklahoma coming off the loss, ready to go, knowing their playoff hopes are on the line. But we already talked about the factors, division, uh, the in-state rivalry coming to an end. This is the final matchup. Oklahoma State gets to host it. And we've already talked about Ollie Gordon the second. This is where he has his Heisman game. And, and I know that's crazy to say. He's coming off a 271-yard uh, rushing performance. Has his Heisman moment. Mike Gundy and the Cowboys get final revenge against Oklahoma before leaving the Big 12. I'm going with the Cowboys. At Oklahoma State Cowboys, what does that mean? Yeah, uh, I'm also going to go with Oklahoma State here. They have looked so unstoppable. Uh, it's just really bad timing for this matchup for Oklahoma, in my opinion. Um, you know, had they played last week, I'm picking Oklahoma. Exactly. Riding high, exactly. Uh, big wins, undefeated, but a tough loss to Kansas in Lawrence. Now you head to Stillwater, heads down. I think they're going to come out and play a great, phenomenal football game, but Oklahoma State is riding high, having the season of dreams right now, especially with the way it started. Oh, yeah. Able to bounce back and play so phenomenally well. And I think Ollie Gordon's going to have another big game. Uh, I, I'll be expecting to put him on the player of the week list uh, next week. <laughs> um, so this is going to be an Oklahoma State win in my books. Let's take it over to the Pac-12 now where Washington matches up with USC. And I didn't want to make this a game pick, but if they're going to keep USC in the top 25, uh, I'd just like to be able to pick Washington against them and help them. Yeah, do we just want to make this a real quick one in unison? Three, two, one, Washington Washington. Huskies. Uh, This is unbelievable uh, that this matchup is even two ranked teams. Although, I mean, I don't know what it is. It wouldn't surprise me if this is close just for some reason with the way Washington struggled the last couple weeks, but I still think Washington will win. Yeah, USC's defense is bad, and I think that's the biggest issue. Washington's defense can get stops. USC's can, and so it's going to be a high-scoring affair where uh, Washington probably still wins by 14. Yep. Um, And finally, we'll go into our last pick. Big one in the SEC West. Big one in the SEC West. It's LSU versus Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Boy, oh boy. uh, Bama. Finding their rhythm uh, right now, and that is perfect for them because they had a rough start. Uh, and LSU's been up and down this season, and we talked about it last year. Consistency was an issue. It's another issue again this year for LSU. They just can't win consistently. They don't look like the same team week to week. No, they they really don't. Uh, and you look at the ramifications of this one. Bama loses, LSU wins. Three-way tie between those two and Ole Miss for the top of the SEC West. What happens if Ole Miss loses and Texas A&M wins that game against Ole Miss? What, what are And LSU wins the game. What are we looking like at first place? I think it's got to be – I mean, I think it's got to be LSU, I would think. Yeah. Um, but that's a big thing where if LSU can win, I mean, we're talking about chaos between the top three where – They've already all played each other, so they won't have the opportunity to play each other in no. the regular season, and it'll just have to work itself out. Um, if all if it all happens and there's a three-way tie, 
I want to say maybe it comes down to ranking of the higher ranking. I and that curious. might go to Ole Miss. Yeah, I was curious. Does Texas A&M? Uh, They're three jump- and two right now. They'd be four and two after this. So they would need some things to go okay, their way. So I wouldn't jump them right in. But they would they would be far from out of it. I mean, they're three and two. They're still a little bit of a ways behind. But if they win and all and LSU beats Alabama, they just need to maybe you wonder AM and LSU, they still have to play each other at the end of the year. So you really wonder yeah. if that happens. So I mean, this could be fun. This could be a lot of fun at the end of the year. Lots to play for, but who do you got? You know. Um, I picked Alabama at home this entire year. I've been rolling with them all year saying I can't pick against Nick Saban at home. And guess what? I'm not, I'm doing it this week. Wow. I'm going to go with LSU. It makes no sense. LSU's defense has struggled all season long. That Bama offense, everything looks like it's clicking. We all think it's going to finally get together and they look like they're unstoppable. That's why this LSU defense and Jay Nails comes in. He enters the Heisman conversation, too, with a great performance against this Bama defense. I think LSU goes in and gets a big win, and, you know, hopefully chaos erupts in the SEC West. Yeah, it would be interesting to see, uh, especially with the Russia Packs all but out of it. Yeah, if if only. Um, But I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to take Bama. As much as I'd love to see pandemonium in the SEC, I'd hate to think too much about Texas A&M starting to sneak back into the conversation. Yeah, that's, fair. that's a fair statement. Um, so fair. I'm going to take Alabama here. I think Saban at home with the way this team's rolling is good, and you never know what you're going to get out of LSU. It's really not the offense's fault either. I think if the defense had played better all year, obviously Jaden Daniels is in this conversation uh, for the Heisman all year because he's had a phenomenal season. Absolutely. Uh, but the team has kind of let him down, uh, and I think that – Bama, more consistent right now, playing just a little bit better. I'm going to give it to the Crimson Tide. Okay. So, let's see those Bet of the Week records because we're heading into our Bet of the Week. Yes, we are. Uh, So, the Bet of the Week records for college football. This man, Austin Hill, is currently 5-6 and on the year. Just Um, outside of that. That is better than mine. I have two extra ones, and I remember I went back and listened to them. I did it for the Kansas-Texas game because I thought Kansas would cover. They didn't, no, so I had didn't. another loss. And then we both picked Oregon and Washington, so I said, we'll give you another one for free. And I said, UCLA-Oregon State under. That did not hit. So I am 5-8 and eight overall, too. So overall, we are 10-14 and 14 Yikes. betting. Um, but we promise you, the rest of this season – we're going to get you back above 500 for units on the end of the season. We're and working. it starts right here. Uh, what's your bet of the week? My bet of the week, Oklahoma State plus six. I think when in doubt, even if Oklahoma wins this game, this is going to be a nail biter. And this is definitely going to be a one score, a game that will most likely mean a cover here for the Cowboys. And like I said, I'm rooting for Ollie Gordon to have his Heisman moment. Give me the Oklahoma State Cowboys in Bedlam. You'll love to see it. Um, I... I'm going to take Pitt plus 21 and a half against Ooh, FSU. Okay. I think the spoilers stay spoiling. I don't know if they'll win it, but they'll give FSU a little bit of a scare. Uh, and, and they cover. That's what and matters they most. Cover. <laughs> 21 and a half. It's a big spread. So I'm hoping they can hold out. But with all that being said, that's going to do it for us here at the Bold Sake Podcast. Uh, we've got an NFL episode coming. We've got an NBA episode coming. Make sure to stick around, listen to those. But I'm Austin Hill. That's awesome, Waiter. We want to thank you for listening.